Welcome to Healing House with Dr. Eileen. Dr. Eileen is an international healer, speaker, teacher, and published author of her latest book, Frequencies. Share the next half hour with us as we journey to find balance of body, mind, and spirit in an unbalanced world. We then invite you to call in or log into our chat and share your thoughts and insights. And now your host, Dr. Eileen. Well, hello, everyone, and happy Thursday. And, hey, I'm back. First off, the usual stuff for those of you who are in the L.A. area, the call-in number is 424-258-9337. And for everyone else, including those right here in the absolutely beautiful, nice-to-get-a-little-bit-of-rain San Francisco Bay Area, the toll-free call-in number is 877-697-9725. The chat room is open. And so if you'd like to log in there and listen in on the show, please feel free to do so. If you have a question, you can type it in, and Producer Kino will make sure that it gets to me. Otherwise, I will be logging into the chat room after the show. So... I am back from my adventure in absolutely amazing England. I was there for about a week and a half with a group of ladies, and we went to go look at Celtic and Druidic sites. And it really was such an amazing time to be able to walk around places that there were buildings there that have been around longer than this country has been a country. I mean, when we think of something as old, it's, well, 200 years, maybe 300 years. And they mark in the, well, we did see one site that dated back to 3000 B.C. So it is amazing to see some of these things that have been around for so long. And uh, while we did not get up close to Stonehenge, which at the time of the year we went, it's during a time when they allow the land to rest, and it's it's a tradition there. So it's out of respect for the site and the sacredness of it that they allow it to be without visitors. But we were able to see some fantastic other sites and experience what it's like to be a part of that energy. And I have to definitely give an amazing plug to Jamie George, who runs Gothic Images. It is a bookstore, and he also does tours. So if anybody out there wants to have an absolutely amazing experience, I mean, he does tours through England and Scotland and Ireland. So this is a shameless plug for Gothic Images. And look that up on the Internet and... Check them out on Facebook and Gothic Images Publications. They, they publish books. And it is really an amazing group. And Jamie is a phenomenal tour guide. So that is my shameless plug for him. We stayed at some wonderful places. Uh, we had a chance to go to a place called Merlin's Cave, which is a lot of the time it is, when the tide is in, it's got water in it. But when the tide is out, you go into it, and it's this amazing cave. And it's got, I mean, I keep using the phrase energy. This whole trip has been about energy and recognizing it and interacting with it and finding balance with it. 
And it is phenomenal that when we think of the idea of energy around us and when we go to a place and, you know, maybe it, it you get that kind of tingly sensation or, you know, you can almost feel the intensity of the age of the place and how many people have been through there over thousands of years. So it really is um, an amazing time to be able, and, and in some ways it almost felt as if we were going back in time because, you know, we were out in this place with these amazing stones or these, these amazing relics and nobody else was out there, and it would be—it was all misty and, and you know, typically England overcast. But there was a quietness about it that was just really amazing. And the reason why I call this episode "A Walk Among the Metals" is that something really kind of profound happened. Now, for those of you who are unaware, there's a little plant called the stinging nettle. And I know for those of you, because, you know, I've, I've had contact with those of you who are in the UK and, you know, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And I believe that they're all, they also all are found in the United States. So if you've ever dealt with a stinging nettle, it looks sort of like a mint leaf, more jagged leaves, edges, and it's slightly larger, and in some cases a lot larger. But the main quality of the nettle, which is why they call it the stinging nettle, is it has these little, tiny, tiny spurs or needles. And contact with them, you know, it's the way that the plant defends itself. And you come in contact with it, the next thing you know, you've got this nice burning sensation that, you know, and the, and the little needles just kind of burrow in. And, you know, you are off to the pharmacy to go get some salve. So... As we were traveling, you know, the metals were everywhere. And some of the members of our group were connecting with the metals in a not-quite-so-friendly way. And because of the fact that I'm very nature-oriented and I'm really into connecting with the environment, so I kind of connected up with the nettles, and it's it's an amazing medicinal plant. Now, for those of you who don't know about stinging nettle, there have been many studies on the fact that it is anti-inflammatory, which is kind of ironic considering if you get on the wrong side of the needles, yeah, there's inflammation. But it's anti-inflammatory. It is antifungal. It is antiseptic. It's used in everything from, you know, menstrual discomforts. Nettle tea has been an old remedy for, you know, for arthritis. And they've been doing recent studies on Alzheimer's and the fact that it seems to improve uh, the condition of Alzheimer's. It will spark up the immune system. I mean, look up stinging nettles. It really is amazing. And so here is this amazingly medicinal plant yet it demands a certain amount of respect. And so one of the things that I, over a lot of years, people do not try this at home, I have a certain tendency to be able to connect with plants and with environments. So what I did was I connected with the nettle. And, yes, we're about to get airy-fairy. I'm giving you a fair warning. So by connecting with the energy of the plant, I was no longer a threat to it. I did not trigger a defense mechanism, so therefore I was able to handle the leaf 
you know, in, in a very detailed petting and, and touching it, and I had absolutely no problem with it. The nettle did not react. I did not get any of the needles in me, which the rest of the group thought was, well, to say the least, odd, weird, amazing. Those were some of the adjectives thrown out. And as I was thinking about that, I started thinking about, okay, what is the lesson from this? What is it that is, is the walk-away little gem other than the fact that, you know, it was, it was so tremendously wonderful to be able to connect with a plant in that way and to have it respond. And, you know, because I could feel the nettle relaxing because I approached it as someone who was coming in, one, respectfully, and two, by matching the energy it had. I went where it was. And, you know, the idea that everything holds some aspect of spirit, especially all the living things. So the idea that by meeting it where it was, I created a communication, I created a mutual respect that allowed me to do something that most people would consider very unusual, which was to handle it safely with absolutely no effect whatsoever. So it was just, it really was, you know, an amazing trip. And we saw so many things and got to meet so many wonderful people. You know, it was just awesome. So in coming back, I, you know, plug into my Facebook and I see that there is a message there from someone who chose to go on a rant about a particular religion. And I found that really, I mean, it was quite the rant. And it was not in a positive way. And I was thinking about that and the nettles, the idea of the nettles came back. If this person was walking up to someone who was a part of that group, would he be able to walk up to that person as one person to another? Or would he be walking up, radiating the energy that story he had attached to this particular religion would trigger within him? And conversely, how would the other person react? Walking up the street, suddenly getting the impression, you know, maybe even getting, you know, a a bad look from someone who he didn't even know and having, you know, having that energy just thrown at you. And I think probably we have all had situations where we just suddenly feel like, you know, for no reason or we don't even know why. But somebody's energy just hits us right in the face. And you wonder, it's like, what's up with them? You know, what did I do? It's very similar to when someone walks into a room and they're a very positive, very up person. And suddenly the whole room seems to be a little bit lighter, to be having a little bit more fun. Or if a tremendously negative person walks in the room and all of a sudden, you know, very quickly, suddenly everybody wants to go home. So the idea of what happens when we come up, what is, what is the physical reaction, what is the, the emotional reaction, what is the spirit reaction, You know, what does this energy mean to us? And for something as simple and humble as a nettle plant that could recognize 
the energy that was coming up to it. Because first, all I did was I put my hand near it and I matched the energy. Now, for those who say there is no way a metal would know the difference for anything, that may be true, that may not. I can just tell you that I was able to handle the metal plant. And it was after I had reached that balance point with it. I felt the point when there was a balance. So as we look at what it is that energy can do, both for us and to us, because, you know, if somebody is just like sitting there giving you, you know, the evil eye or whatever, it, 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 it reacts. We react to it almost as if it's an adrenal response. It can actually go into fight or flight. If you sit and stare down a dog, a dog will react to it as if it's an attack. It will react to it, especially, you know, if you're like really staring it down. You know, that dog is going to interpret that as, whoa, this, is, this isn't a, a threat. As opposed to relaxing and just sitting and, you know, a dog, the same, exact same dog will just kind of roam around you like, oh, okay, this person's cool. My mother had a theory that if her dog didn't like you, she didn't like you because she knew that the dog was very sensitive to the type of energy people had. So back to this person who, who felt the need to express, and Facebook has light and shadow, and you know the ability of people to get on it and say anything they want, which is really interesting, but it just struck me that whatever story that this person has attached to the things that they were saying really in my mind had more to do with something going on in them than it did with the people he was talking about. Our fundamental self, which I believe with all of my heart, our fundamental instinct is to be a part of community, is to be there for each other. Um, back in 1989 in California, you know, there was a huge earthquake in the Bay Area. And it was, you know, many areas were just totally devastated. An overpass collapsed and there were cars trapped underneath. And before the emergency crews could get there, and I mean, it was maybe, you know, maybe spaces three foot high and that's it. And there were aftershocks that were happening. Before the emergency crews could get there, there were people crawling in to try to get to the people who were trapped. They didn't think about their own safety. It was the instinct to help. And I would be willing to bet that not one of the people crawling in there or one of the people waiting to be rescued said, excuse me, but are you a conservative or a liberal? Or what religion do you have? All they were doing were going, you know, these people were going in there risking their own lives for strangers to help them out. And I think that that is the fundamental instinct that we have because that's when we're not even thinking about it. If something's happening and, and you know, there's, people standing along, and there's a car accident. People are going to go up. Are you okay? You know, they stop traffic. You know, they try to see if, if everyone is all right. They see if they can, you know, maybe they can help move anybody out of the accident. 
all of these things, all of these are instincts that people have that I believe is what we are inside because that part realizes we're not in this alone and we can't survive this alone. We've got to be a part of community. And when we take time to think about all the things that separate us, that's when stuff comes up and ends up on Facebook, when we're not in that place of of instinct. I know that if my house were burning and a firefighter were coming out, was coming out carrying my child to safety from it, frankly, I wouldn't care what church he goes to. I wouldn't care, you know, whether he was a Democrat or a Republican. I'd put my arms around him and I would thank God for him. And I would say thank you for risking your life for my child. You know, some people make it their jobs to go through and do that and and to put themselves at risk, which, you know, considering yesterday was Veterans Day. And there's a saying, you know, all gave some and some gave all. And I'm very proud of the fact that both my parents were in the Air Force, my mother and my father. And they are buried together up at the military cemetery up in San Francisco. And they have... You know, on on the little white headstones, if you've ever been to any one of the military uh, cemeteries, you know, it's it's a standardized headstone. And they're all white. And you look and it just seems like acres and acres of these little white stones. But if you get up close, you can see that each one will have the religious symbol of the person who was buried there. And some have a cross and some have a Star of David and, you know, and, and symbols for, you know, Muslims and symbols for, you know, everybody. They have it there. But you don't notice the difference when you see all of them together. All you see are the white stones representing someone who had dedicated part of themselves. Now, whether you agree with, with military action or not, you know, it's that is... You're right, and and I honor that. But those who chose to do it, there's a special honoring for that. You know, those who who committed themselves to put themselves at risk. First responders, firefighters, paramedics, police officers. I know there's a lot of tension about police officers. And it is the exception, not the rule. You know, the, the police officer who helps a lost child the police officer who's willing to put themselves at risk so that you can get out of a situation okay. You know, it's it's the people who, when good sense tells you to run away from a situation, they're running towards it. There's a special honor in that. And so in, in looking at what makes us a community, whether it's a local community, whether it's a world community, the things that bind us will always outweigh the things that separate us. That is a fundamental truth for me. And we may know people, you know, I have dear, dear friends who have political views totally opposing to me, who have, you know, spiritual views opposing to, you know, say the way I would practice. But the thing is, is that we realize that we still have fun together. That I can be there and and 
have them, you know, tell me about their spiritual experiences, and then they can sit and hear mine. And the idea that when we are able to do this, it actually reduces stress within the body. You know, what is more relaxing? Sitting down with someone and saying, wow, you know, you have a practice that I don't know anything about. Can you tell me about it? And sharing back and forth. Or sitting there saying, they're different from me. I don't trust them. They're not like me. When we are able to accept each other, then we're also able to accept ourselves. Because ultimately that is the goal is that by accepting and loving ourselves, by being able to accept ourselves for exactly who we are, it makes it a whole lot easier to accept other people for who they are. And ultimately, you know, whatever your your spiritual way of being is, whatever your your ideas about life and interaction and community, ultimately, I figure we're all just here to play nice. And if we can figure out at least most of the time to play nice, if we can play nice with ourselves, if we can first play nice with the person in the mirror, because some people don't play nice with the person in the mirror. They say you're too fat or you're too skinny or you're too old or, you know, your your eyes aren't as pretty as they could be or you don't look like the model in the magazine or, you know, you're not as muscular as, as you know, somebody. If we can set aside that, And if we can find harmony and resonance with the person in the mirror, then we can find it with anybody else outside. They don't have to agree with you. We don't have to all agree the same, to believe the same way. We can believe separate ways and still enjoy going out and having an ice cream together or watching a a hilarious movie together or, you know, enjoying a cup of tea together. We are bound by more than what separates us. And, yes, maybe there's people who who totally piss you off just to be direct. And is it really worth getting invested in it? Is it really worth confronting? Because sometimes people say stuff like that just because they want someone to confront them. If you look at them and go, wow, that's kind of an interesting idea, thank you for sharing it, and just walk away. You want to irritate somebody who, who wants to get on a grandstand about something, just tell them, wow, that is an interesting perspective, thank you for sharing it, and walk away. And they don't know what to do with themselves because they're expecting to have to defend how they feel. And if you don't force them to defend themselves, they really don't have much else to say. That reduces a lot of stress. It reduces a lot of anxiety. You know, there's a phrase, not my circus, not my monkeys. There's also a phrase, I do not have, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight. You know, I don't have anything invested here. You know, if they want to believe that. And especially if you know it's not true. Especially if you know that, you know what, there is not, a group or a person who cannot look at some aspect of their lineage and their ancestry and not find something that isn't exactly complementary. Everybody has that light and shadow. Every race, every, you know, religion, every, you know, everything 
has a light and shadow aspect. And usually the shadow aspect is when it's taken to an extreme. It's not most of the people who feel that way, but extremists. And that is is the thing that's really important to remember. Because otherwise, they're just the people in our neighborhood. They're the people who, you know, work in the office buildings with us. They're the people whose children go to school with our children. And watching a whole bunch of kids from lots of different ethnicities play together is just awesome. You know, they, they end up learning each other's languages. They end up connecting on a level that without all of the story that gets attached to it, they're just out to have fun. You can tell a child is laughing no matter what language they speak. You can tell somebody's grieving no matter what culture they're from. And when we can bring our energy into a place where we can meet them where they are, then something really beautiful and amazing can happen. Whatever it is you believe, I honor you for believing it. Whether it's something that resonates with me or not. And it's better to be authentically you, even if your opinion is not popular, than to be someone you're not. What I suggest is that there's a way that we can all walk very gently in this world that doesn't really require anything other than the willingness to say there are those out there who do not believe what I believe. They don't have to believe what I believe. And I don't have to believe what they believe, and yet we can still get along really well and hang out at a barbecue and enjoy ourselves. We're made of of all these different pieces, and yet when we get together, we're community. And um, my nephew, who I've mentioned before, my nephew came from Ghana. When I went to visit Ghana, I saw a level of poverty that, honestly, I had never known. I thought I had seen poverty. That takes it to a whole new level. And he grew up in this village. And when I saw that, you know, it was like, you know, there was a mosque right near a Christian church. And he said, you know, when their roof leaks, we go help them patch their roof. And when our roof leaks, they come and help us patch our roof. And when the fishing is good, we have a big celebration and we put our drum, we all bring our drums out and we play and we sing and we dance and we eat. And it doesn't matter. It's, it's not like, okay, well, we're going to put all, all of one church here and all of another. It's like everybody gets in together because they know they get to celebrate together. So even if the metal has an edge to it, even if you brush up against it and you get those needles, it doesn't mean that the metal is not something that could be very helpful. It just means that you have to meet it where it is and create understanding. And maybe someone expresses an opinion that does not resonate with you. Sometimes it's just like the metal stings. That may be the defense mechanism. 
And maybe if we think about it that way, we can recognize our own metal needles. How do we create our defense mechanisms? And by understanding that, we can shift it to turn the encounter into something positive. So don't worry about a walk among the metals. Because maybe if you walk real gentle, if you make yourself real quiet, you can actually hear what it's trying to tell you. That I may be a little bit rough on the edges, but there's a lot positive, there's a lot of gifts that I can give if you only get to know me. So, get out and get to know somebody. Read about something you don't know about, about a culture you don't know about. If you have the chance to travel, please do so. It is awesome. And in a few years, I'm planning a big trip to Scotland and Ireland. So if you want to do that, let me know. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. Good to be back. We will be back next week. I will be logging into the chat room afterwards. And if you wish to know more about me, you can find out more about me through my website at www.the-healing-house.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and send me on Facebook. So until next time, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings. I wish you the gift of finding out what lies beyond the nettle needles. And I wish you understanding and compassion. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. Take care.